What's up, church? Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. That, um, that dad life video was cracking me up back there. That's pretty, that's pretty funny. I don't think I'll ever be able to look at Chris Engelhart ever the same <laughs> after that. So um, that, after that dancing, that's what kind of messed me up a little bit. So all right. Um, hey, a couple weeks ago, we started a new series called Zip It!, and um, as I've been thinking through the last few weeks, and even before that, because I knew this was coming up, and I knew we were going to be talking about this, and part of the reason why we're doing this series is that the more I think about it, the more I've realized that our words are so powerful, right? Like our words, they weigh a lot. They, they can mean a lot. And once they leave our mouth, I mean, they're just like out there, and there's nothing you could possibly do to get those back. And I think that's the reason why God tells us to watch what we say. And it's so easy for us to complain and to lie and to tear others down. And uh, what would help so many of us is if we would just zip it, you know? If we just shut our mouths, if we just shut up, if we just stop talking or say maybe half the things that we say, I think for a lot of us, that would do us a lot of good. And so today what I want to do is I want to look at a particular issue that every single one of us, we all struggle with, whether you think you do or not, we all do, and we're going to talk about lying. Um, we all grew up uh, knowing that lying's bad, right? Like, none of us grew up going, oh, no, I was taught to lie everything that I say. Like, no, no one can say that. Um, we've learned that at home and at school and at church that, like, yeah, we get it. Lying is bad. In fact, it's one of the Ten Commandments. It's one of the Ten Commandments that we all remember. Like, if you're trying to think of the Ten Commandments, you're like, oh, shoot, okay, what were those again? All right, murder, can't do that. All right, no stealing and no lying. Like, those are the three that we remember. And so we all get it. Like, like lying is not good and lying is bad and we should not do it. But every single one of us, we are prone to lie. I mean, we are liars. Let's just get that out of the way right now, okay? Um, see, part of my problem this morning is I feel like I, gotta, I have to convince everybody that they're liars uh, because you're lying to yourself about you being a liar, okay? So real quick, right now, just turn to someone next to you and just say, you're a liar. Okay, thank you. That will help a little bit. Um, we're all liars, okay? And we lie a lot more than we think we do. So I want to play a little game this morning. I need a little uh, cooperation, a little participation for out, from you guys out there. Um, I'm just going to throw out some uh, scenarios, and I want you just to raise your hand if you've ever done this, okay? So we're going to all see we're all liars, and we do it a lot. So um, here's a question. How many of you have ever, have, have ever had someone come up, and you're talking with them, and they say, hey, tell, you know, let's say, let's just use your spouse as an example. So, hey, tell your husband or tell your wife I said hi. And what do you do? We never tell them hi. Right? Like, we don't do that. We don't say, oh, so-and-so says hi. Like, most of us, most of the time, we don't do that. How, how many of you have ever not told them hi when you said you were going to tell them hi? Okay. All right. Um, how many of you have ever texted I'm on my way, but you're not on your way yet. Okay, that's a lot of you guys. Two hands even I saw on that one. Um, how many of you have ever been asked, how are you doing? Maybe even this morning as you walked in through the doors and you say, oh, good, but you're actually doing terrible. Like it's a bad day and you got all this stuff going on and maybe it's been a really bad morning, but you say, good, because you just don't want to get into it with anybody, you know, all right? Um, so we've done that. Um, how many of you have ever said, um, or let's say, how many of you have ever been asked to do something and what do you say? I'm too busy. We really just don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Like you could fit it in if you wanted to. You just don't want to. 
And so you say, I'm too busy, but you're actually not technically too busy. I mean, you're a liar. Um, how many of you have ever, let's say you're a super Christian out there, and someone's telling you, hey, I'm going through this, going through that. And you say, hey, I'll pray for you. Or, hey, I'm praying for you. And then you forget to pray for them. Okay? Liars. Um, how many of you have ever said, I'll call you back. And then you don't call them back. All right? Just this week, I was on the phone with a, with a guy and um, I had to go real quick, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to call you back in an hour. And he's like, okay, I'll talk to you now. And then I totally forgot, and I didn't call him back for like two days later. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry about that. I forgot. Um, I lied. I mean, that was, that, that's a lie. How many of you have ever told anybody, let's say this, how many of you have ever told your spouse you're going to do something and then you don't do it? That ever happened? Okay. All right. Um, how many of you have ever said, I will be there at this time, and you are not there at that time? Does that ever happen? Okay. All right. How many of you have ever checked the box, I have read the terms and conditions, and I agree? Have you ever done that? Where you have not read the 10 pages of terms and conditions. And you don't know if you agree because you haven't read it, but you're going to check it anyway just to get past that. All right. See, we all lie. Like this is something that's kind of ingrained in us and we do all the time. In fact, there was a, the University of Massachusetts, they put out a study a few years ago um, where they were uh, studying lying and how people lie and how often people lie. And what they found out is that within a 10-minute conversation with somebody, um, the average person lies two to three times. Isn't that kind of crazy? Like we can't even make it through a 10-minute conversation without lying multiple times. And, and most of these lies weren't big lies, okay? I don't think a lot of us, you know, we're not like, you know, living our huge lie of a life. Like most of us, we're not doing it. Most of us, what we do, they're just like little lies that just don't seem to be that big of a deal to us. So a lot of us, some of it is like just, we just exaggerate. Okay, we make things bigger than what they actually were. Um, a lot of times we exaggerate to make ourselves look better or to make the story better. Um, some of us, we lie just so we don't have to hurt somebody else's feelings. Okay, it's the classic, does this make me look fat? And inside you're going, yeah. <laughs> but outside you say, no, you look great. You know what I mean? It's that classic thing. Okay, we lie just to not hurt people's feelings. Um, some of us, what we do is we just tell partial truths. And so technically, you know, we're one of those Christians where we're like, well, technically I didn't lie. Everything that I said was actually the truth. But you left out a whole bunch of other things that actually pushed the person that you're talking to to believe something or get the wrong idea about the truth, okay? Leaving key stuff out is lying, all right? It's misleading. Have you ever cheated on something? Okay, we, we do this, um, you know, maybe it's not like we cheated on some major test or something like that. Probably some of us have, though. But, um, but, you know, I think a lot of times it's like maybe on a game or maybe on taxes. Maybe the tax thing is okay, all right? But I don't know. I'll have to ask God about that someday. But, um, but you know, we cheat, we, we cheat on things. Um, have you ever, you know, sometimes we, we tell people we're going to do something and we don't do it. Or sometimes we commit to things and then we end up backing out. All right, it's, it's a lie. It's all a lie. I remember one time, uh, this is a few years ago, I was riding um, in the church van with a fellow pastor, okay, who will rename, who will 
um, be nameless, okay, for this story. And, uh, and so we're riding in the church van, we're cruising down the interstate, and uh, there is, we're in the left lane, and we're in the passing lane, and there's a, the, there's a construction zone coming up, and the left lane is getting closed. Well, he's trying to pass as many semi-trucks as he possibly can. And so we're driving, and he's like, you know, pressing the gas, and we're getting close. I'm like, you know, the big sign with the arrow that's blinking, blinking, blinking to get over. And I'm like, and there's like one last semi-truck. He's like, I'm doing it. And so he guns it, and we get in, like, by the skin of our teeth, all right? It was like, I, I, we may have hit a barrel. I don't know. Um, but the semi-truck is to swerve out of the way. He slams on his horn. We almost die. And right behind that sign, you know, right behind the arrow sign was a state trooper, okay, that we didn't see. But we're in a construction zone, so it's not like he can pull us over very easily. So the whole time, we're, we're like laughing about it. We're like, dude, you almost killed us back there. That was crazy. You know, that was like super dangerous. And, um, and then sure enough, after we get through the construction zone and all the traffic starts to dissipate, here comes that state trooper. And he pulls us over. And I shouldn't even say us because I didn't do anything wrong. I was innocent bystander who almost lost my life. All right. He pulled the driver over. And, um, and he walks up to the window, and the state trooper says, you know why I pulled you over? And uh, my fellow pastor looks over, and he says, I have no idea. <laughs> and, he was, and he's, like, pushing. He's like, I have no idea why you would pull us over. I don't think I was speeding. I don't think, is there anything, what, what, what's the matter, officer? It completely changed. We just spent the last five minutes talking about how we almost died in front of him, okay? And here we are, he's like, I, have, I, I, I don't think I did anything wrong. You know, and the state trooper's just like looking at him and he's like, you're telling me you have no idea why I'm pulling you over right now. And he's like, no, no. It, it's just, and I'm sitting in the captain's seat, I'm like, call on me, pick me, I know. I know, and the guy's like, yeah, you almost killed a bunch, you almost caused a huge wreck back there. You know, it's just, it's just the little, we do little things like this all the time. Recently, we have, here we have, um, here at Grace, this, within this next year, we just got a bunch of weddings, which is awesome, okay? We've had a few, we actually just had one here yesterday, and um, I was, uh, recently, I was showing a bride and groom, you know, we're coming in here, and I was like, hey, you know, here's the auditorium and stuff like that, um, which they already knew because they go to church here, but uh, we're looking at it, and the lift was sitting in the middle of the room, or kind of off to the side, and I'm like, hey, uh, you probably won't mind, I'm talking to the bride now, I'm like, you probably uh, don't mind, but the lift will have to be in here, or I said, you don't mind if the lift is in here, right, and she kind of, like, stops, and she's like, that's okay, that's fine, and I'm like, you're lying to me. You care. You don't want a lift sitting over there. You know, I'm just like, you know, that's what we do. We don't want to ruffle feathers, so we lie. Or we don't, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, so we lie. We are liars. And it's so interesting. The Bible has a lot to say about lying. God has a lot to say about lying. Um, in Colossians 3, I mean, God just comes out and says it. All right? He tells us as plain as he possibly can say it. He says, do not lie to one another. Right? In the Greek, I looked it up. You know what that means? Don't lie to one another. Okay? In the original, it's what he's saying. He's saying, do not lie to each other. And God, he doesn't make this complicated. He's not trying to mix things up. Right? He's also, by the way, not asking. He's not saying, hey, you know, um, I, I know you might have some rough days here and there, but, you know, if, if you could refrain from lying, I think that would be, like, better. You know, could you do that? Is that what he's saying? He's saying, no, no, no. Never lie. 
All right, lying shouldn't be a part of a Christian's life. It's not an ask, it's a command. He's saying, you know how you lie sometimes, you're not having a good day, or you get those little white lies, I don't know, they just don't seem to amount to anything. It doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. He's saying, yeah, don't do that, ever. That's what he's saying. In fact, God hates lying. In Proverbs chapter 6, this is all over the Bible. We're going to be kind of all over the place today because I have so much to use, okay. Uh, he says, the Lord hates six things, all right. Now, the word hates is a pretty strong word, right. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of things that we all hate. Uh, I wrote down a list of some things that I hate. Um, one, you know, going to the dentist, all right. Um, I don't like doing that. Um, one, the month of March, okay, is like the worst month of the year. Maybe February. I, we could throw February in there. Um, uh, group text. I, don't you hate being part of a group text where it's just like, just get phones getting blown up with stuff that you don't really care about that much. Uh, I hate garbage bags that break. That's the worst. Um, I hate math. Uh, I hate when someone opens up the door of the bedroom when, you know, where I'm sleeping or whatever, and they leave the door open when they leave. You know what I'm talking about? That ever happened? I hate that, all right? There's things that we hate. Here, um, God is using, a, this is a, just a very strong word. It's a lot stronger than, you know, I hate math, okay? This is, God hates this, and he goes even stronger in the next sentence. He says, the Lord hates six things. Actually, he like pauses and stops himself. He's like, in fact, there are seven things that are detestable to him. Now, this word detestable is even stronger than hate. It's more of a, this disgusts him. These things are disgusting to him. It's almost like it makes him nauseous, right? And this is what he says. Here's the list. He says, hands that shed innocent blood. Okay, that makes sense. A heart that plots wicked schemes. Feet eager to run to evil. A lying witness who gives false testimony and one who stirs up trouble among brothers. Let's go back one. I think I skipped part of the list. Okay, yeah. So he starts off saying, let's reread that. Arrogant eyes, one. A lying tongue, two. Hands that shed innocent blood, three. He says, a heart that plots wicked schemes, four. Uh, feet that run to evil, five. A lying witness who gives false testimony, six. And one who stirs up trouble among his brothers. This is the last one. He's saying, here's this list. Have you noticed? Two out of the seven things that God hates, two out of the seven things that God completely finds disgusting are lying. It has to do with lying. That's pretty intense to me, all right? Two out of the seven, it makes God nauseous. Now, think about it real quick, just in your own mind. Like, what type of things make you nauseous? Like, for me, I'm not good with puke. I don't want puke. I don't want anybody to touch me with their puke. I don't want anything to do with puke. My puke doesn't gross me out, but every other puke does. You know what I'm talking about? And so if someone pukes near me, I want to puke. Like, that's just how it is. I told you guys a few years ago, um, or not a few years ago. This was a few years ago, but I, I, th- I think I've told you guys this before. But one time um, at our Fremont campus, I, I, I had the privilege, <laughs> not complaining, um, of managing, like, being in charge of, like, janitorial and stuff. Um, having, managing our janitors over there um, for a decade. And so uh, one time on a Sunday morning, uh, some guy went into the men's restroom and just blew it up. And when I mean blew it up, I mean he blew it up all over the place. Was every, it, like, yeah, it was the worst thing, one of the worst things I've ever seen. I don't even know how he did it. I can't even fathom how he did it. It was like finger painting on everything with his own, you know, you get what I'm saying? 
crap. Am I allowed to say that? Okay, that's what it was. And so, um, that, so someone comes and gets me because I'm in charge of the janitor. I go, I'm like, okay, this can't be that big of a deal. And this is on a Sunday morning during a church service. And I walk in, and the first thing before I even saw anything was the smell just like hit me. It was like hit me like a ton of bricks. So I'm like, whoa, what happened in here? Like what died in here? And you walk in, and there's just everywhere. And, um, and I, you know, it's like... I had to, you know, stop breathing, and I'm just like, I'm going to puke if I stay in here any longer. It's stuff like that. Like, think about what uh, Solomon, he's the author with this. Think about what he's saying. He's saying, hey, when we lie, that makes God want to puke. God views it as, like, the nastiest restroom you could think of, all right? The thing that makes you nauseous, that's how it makes God feel when we lie. It makes him want to throw up. It's disgusting and it's evil, he says. See, Jesus, he talks about this a few times. Um, one time, Jesus, he was in a conversation with the religious leaders, and, um, and really, he's confronting the fact that these religious people are trying to kill him. And so he's like pointing that out, and they're denying it, denying it, denying it. And basically, what Jesus is saying, he's saying, hey, you guys are complete liars, and you know why you're liars? He says, because you follow Satan. You guys, you think you're God followers, and you're not. You're actually Satan followers, and you lie, and Satan is all about lying. That's like Satan's, what we're going to find out is that that's his native language. This is what Jesus says. He says, hey, you are of your father, the devil. By the way, if Jesus ever says that, like if Jesus were to say that to you, wouldn't that kind of, you know, I don't know, that would bother me. Like, you know, Jesus, okay. You know, he says, you want to carry out your father's desires. He says, he, he's talking about Satan now at this point. He says, he was a murderer from the beginning. Now, what is Jesus talking about here? Satan was a murderer from the beginning. What do you mean? Remember the beginning? Remember what we find in Genesis? All right, Adam and Eve living the perfect life. Like they were living it up. They had the perfect place. They had it all going on. They had the perfect relationship. I mean, they, there was no fights. There was no sickness. There was no death. I mean, they kind of just did whatever they want. They had some work to do, which is awesome and, and meaning to their life. And they got to hang out with God in the evenings. Just, you know, like they had it going on. Remember what God did? He gave them one rule. Remember that? Okay, see, a lot of us, I think we, we view God as like a God who weighs us down with all these rules and all this stuff that we got to do and we can't possibly measure up. But no, that's not how it was meant to be. That's not how it was created to be. In the beginning, God created, I mean, he only gave them one rule, one thing. He said, hey, you can do anything that you want. You can eat from any place. He says, all you need to do, all right, the only rule is that you don't eat from this one tree in the whole, on the whole earth. And he gives them that rule just to give them a choice to do life their way or to do life God's way. And remember what Satan did? Satan desired to kind of screw it all up. And he goes to Eve. Remember what he says in Genesis chapter 3? He says, hey, did God really say? What's he doing here? He's getting Eve to doubt God's truth. He's like, are you sure you can trust God? Did he really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? You're not allowed to eat from the trees. Like, that's kind of messed up. You know, look at that apple. That looks so nice. You know, you can't eat from that. And she corrects him. She says uh, to the servant, she says, no, 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 no. Here's the rule. You're, you're getting the, ro- the one rule mixed up. Um, it's not from any trees. We may, we may eat, actually, from the, true, from the fruit of the trees in the whole garden. So we can eat from the fruit of any tree except the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. He says, uh, God says you must not eat it or touch it. Now here, Eve, she exaggerates, right? Maybe the 
you know, this is the, the first thing. She, she says, hey, uh, you must not eat it or touch it. God didn't say anything about touching it as far as we know. And so she makes it a little bit bigger than what it actually is. And she says, or uh, he will, we will die. Like that's, that's going to be the consequence. And here's Satan. He says, no. First lie. Right? He's like, no, nah, that's not. God told you that. Are you serious? Right? You certainly will not die. He says, in fact, you know what God knows, right? Um, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Another lie. Knowing good and evil. And so the woman, she's looking at this tree and Satan's lying to her, telling her, oh, it's going to be okay. You won't die. Everything's going to be good. You don't need to worry about that. And she's looking at this tree and she saw, I mean, the tree looks good. The fruit on it looks good and delightful to look at. And that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. She wants to be like God, which remember is the first thing that Satan started struggling with. He wanted to be like God and couldn't achieve it. And so she took some of his fruit and she ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate it. The worst day in history. I mean, the moment when mankind chose to rebel against God, the moment when mankind chose, hey, God, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to go do life this way, right, my way. And that decision has had devastating effects for the last thousands of years. I mean, on you and on me, even here today, we're still stuck under sin. We all struggle with it, especially with, like, things like lying. I mean, that's the whole reason why Jesus came and died for us. Like, we get that, all right, because all of us are messed up. We are messed up, terrible, you know, awful people. That's the reality of it. And God um, has to punish wrong, which is really bad for us because we've done so many things wrong. And so we need to be punished because he's a perfectly just God, and that's the right thing for him to do. But for some reason, I don't even understand it so much. You know, I don't understand why God loves us so much that he came and he took our punishment 2,000 years ago when he died on the cross. And he took that for us voluntarily. He didn't have to. He didn't owe us by any means. None of us deserve it. And he did that for us so that we can have a relationship with him. <clears throat> and kind of someday when we die, we go back to the way things were meant to be. where We can have that personal relationship with him <clears throat> forever. Just like it was at the beginning. Just like he created things to be. And it all started with a simple lie. And Jesus, he's pointing this out. Back to John 8, that's, that's what his point is. is he's saying, hey, um, you're a father of the devil. He's, he's saying, remember that Satan, he was a murderer from the beginning, okay, all the way back to how he deceived Eve and lied to her. And he does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him, right? It doesn't exist inside of him. And when he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature uh, because he is a liar and the father of lies. Like that's just who he is. And so Satan doesn't even know what truth is because it's not in him. He loves to lie and he loves when we lie. And he even goes even a step further. Remember, this is Jesus talking here. And he's saying, hey, when we lie, we choose to speak Satan's native language. That's what we're doing. It's interesting because there's another time when Jesus is speaking to a different group of people. He's actually at this point out in the country, and there's a huge crowd of people following him around. And he walks on top of this grassy hill, and he sits down in the grass, and he just begins to teach. And he's teaching them about, he's teaching 
all these people about God's standards in their life. And he starts off with talking about murder. He's kind of going through some of the Ten Commandments, remember? And he's like, hey, uh, you've heard it said, like, you shall not murder. And everybody on the grass, you know, sitting down there all like, oh, yeah, yeah, Ten Commandments. We know we're Jewish. We're good Jewish people. Like, we, we know that rule. And, he, and everybody's probably feeling pretty good about themselves because they're all like going, I haven't murdered. Yeah, I haven't done any of that. Um, you know, pretty, pretty good person. Kept that one. And Jesus is like, no, no, you don't understand God's standard. God's standard is if you hate somebody in your heart, actually what you're doing is you're committing murder in your heart. Like sin is a heart thing. That's where it starts. He's like, so that's sin. And then later he goes on and he says, hey, uh, you've heard it said that uh, you should not commit adultery. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's one of the Ten Commandments. Like, we got that, we got that done. And he's like, actually, it's, it's, uh, my standard's a lot higher than that. All right, if you've ever lusted after somebody in your heart, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's a sin thing in your heart. Like, that's from within you. It's the same root sin. That's the standard. And then he goes on to talk about lying. This is what he says. He says, again, you have heard. That is said to our ancestors, all right, he's talking about the Ten Commandments. Uh, you must not break your oath, but you must keep your oaths to the Lord. He's like, hey, you guys all heard this, this, you guys have all heard the commandment. Hey, you should not lie. You can't promise to do something and then don't. Like, that's really not that good. The whole crowd, they're all sitting there going, oh, yeah, we know that one. Yeah, we got this now. We, we've heard that one. We know that. And he's like, okay. Uh, but I tell you, don't take an oath at all. He's like, just don't do it, either by heaven because that's God's throne, or by the earth, because it's his footstool, or by Jerusalem, because that is the city of the great king, right? And do not swear even by your own head, because you cannot make a single hair white or black. Now, what is he saying here? What's going on here, right? What Jesus is doing is he is actually using their own culture as an example of what we as Christians should never do, right? See, what the Jewish people uh, were, were doing is that they would swear or take an oath or promise, okay, things that we do even today, on things. And, and in their minds, they had different levels of these things. And so for them, they're going, hey, um, you know, I swear on, some of them would say, I swear on the earth. And that was like, oh, well, wow, that's, you know, that's a pretty good promise right there. Or I swear by heaven. Oh, that's, that might be even better. Um, and, and so they're going to they're gonna definitely do what they say or what they're saying is actually truth. Or they would even say, I swear on Jerusalem, okay, which is like their their capital city, and, and so that meant that's supposed to mean what they say was actually even more true than normal in a sense. And uh, these were considered like pretty good promises, but in Jewish law, these were not binding. Okay, so it's like um, you know you should keep that promise, like you should do what you say, and but if you swear by Jerusalem, then you should really do what you say. But if you don't, you know um, that's not a hundred percent binding. Maybe ninety percent you should do that. They they had different like thinkings like this. And if you wanted to be more intense, you'd say something like, well, I swear on my life that I'm going to do this. Or I swear on my life that what I'm telling you is the truth. That was even more intense. All right, we do the same things today. I mean, think about it. Um, even we as kids, uh, we learn to do this. We say things like, cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. Where'd we get that from? You ever wonder that? Sticking a needle in your eye. Ugh, okay, so we'd say things like that, all right, and that meant what we're saying is really true, even more true than the normal true, or do you ever, you know, uh, we say things like, I promise, right, even more intense, or, you know, my friends and I, we'd go like, well, swear on your mom, all right, that was supposed to be like a really, really intense one, or swear on your mama's grave, 
All right, that's even more intense. Stuff like that. Or, uh, or even, just, even just yesterday, someone was telling me something, and, like, she, and she was saying, you know, I'm going to do this. And she was saying, I, I, I'll even shake on it, you know. I'm like, oh, this is what we're talking about tomorrow, Kim Orwig. Okay. <laughs> Not mentioning any names. <laughs> but it's like, she's definitely going to do what she's saying because she shook on it. You know, that's like, that's like what we do. Um, we, we have all these things that in our, in our, just in our culture, I'm not saying any of this is wrong. I'm just saying in our culture, in our society, like there's things that we are like, hey, um, this means I'm really, really, really not lying this time. You know, it's like that type of thing. We come up with these rules that if you lie and you say, I promise, then that's like a really, really, you know, more intense thing. Anyway, um, and so it's almost like if you think about it the opposite way, it's almost like it's assumed like we are lying, but if we say the magic words, then it's like, oh, then what we said actually can be trusted. See, the Jewish people did like the same thing. They connected their promises a little bit different than we do. Like we connect it to our crossing our heart and sticking needles in our eyes and stuff like that, which is weird if you think about it. Uh, They did it to like the earth and heaven and Jerusalem and their own lives and as if those things mattered to God at a different level. And so they could be even more trusted. And so here's Jesus. He's just kind of blowing this all up here. He's just saying, hey, you know how you guys uh, swear on the earth and on heaven and on Jerusalem? He's like, why do you think, like, you know, God owns heaven. Like, that's where his throne room is, so you probably shouldn't swear by that. And, and the earth, like, that's, you know, that's like God's footstool. Like, that's where he puts his feet. You know, he's talking imagery here. And he's like, so, you, you know, God owns the earth. So you probably shouldn't swear on that or by Jerusalem because that's, that's where he's going to reign someday. And, and here's Jesus. He's saying, you can't even pick the natural color of your hair, all right? Maybe now we can, so maybe he wouldn't have used this, um, all right, used this uh, analogy today. But he's saying, hey, you can't even pick your natural color of your hair. You know who gets to pick that? God does. You know why? Because you belong to God and God gets to pick out his own stuff. See, everything that we promise by or everything that we swear by, he's saying God cares about and he hears. There's no levels. A promise shouldn't be more important than a handshake that shouldn't be more important than than swearing on your mama's grave that shouldn't be more important than just the plain truth that you should be speaking with your mouth every day. He's saying, he's blowing up the level thing. He's saying there is no levels. So you swear on anything? I mean, like, basically he's saying, why should we swear on anything? Because it's meaningless. See, I don't think he's saying making a promise is wrong. What he's pointing out is that it's just completely unnecessary for the Christian. This is how he wraps it up, what he's trying to say. In the next verse, he says, and maybe, I don't know, you know, I'm kind of reading this in. I, I picture Jesus, he's up there, and he's probably getting a bunch of confused looks out there because he's talking about hair color, he's talking about all these things that they swear by, which is normal to them, a lot more normal to them than to us. I wonder if he's just sitting there, he's kind of seeing all the blank looks like what I'm looking at right now, you know. And I wonder if he just sighs, and he's just like, how about this? Just do this, guys. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more than this? He says, it's from the evil one. It's from Satan. See, I think that's the perfect way to wrap it up. He's saying, here's the deal. Just tell the truth. He's saying, when you say yes, how about it means yes? Or when you say no, how about it means no? It's as simple as that. See, Christians, we shouldn't have to 
cross our heart, hope to die, stick a needle in our eye. We shouldn't have to swear. We shouldn't have to promise. We shouldn't even have to pinky promise, which is more important than a regular promise, I guess. I don't know. Um, we shouldn't need to qualify the things that come out of our mouths with a certain level of truth. Like, we shouldn't have to do that because everything that we say should be said as if we are being heard by God because the reality is he does hear us. Like, he's always listening, and he hates lying. See, we live in a culture where everybody wants to point out who's lying, right? I mean, everybody's pointing out. You got the news now where everybody says, that's misinformation. You know, that's a lie. You can't trust that. That's not true. But, and we do this too. And, but the issue is we all need to start with ourselves. I mean, yeah, we can point out all this stuff, but we can't even handle ourselves in our own lie. And so I don't know. Like maybe this morning God has brought to your mind someone that you've been lying to. Or maybe a situation that you find yourself lying in a lot. I'm not saying they have to be big lies. Even the little white lies count. Even the little white lies God hates. God finds disgusting. And so I just want to encourage you. I think the first step for us to try to change that in our life is number one, we just got to confess it to God. Right? That means we acknowledge, okay, God. I got a problem here. I'm going to need your help to help me get out of this habit. But for a lot of us, I think we also need to confess our lies to the people that we've been lying to. To that person. Maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's your friend. Maybe it's a family member. And that's where things get sticky. That's where things get hard. I mean, I know what a lot of people are thinking in your mind. Right now, you're like, hey, you don't understand. Like, Zach, you don't get it. You don't understand the web that is there. You don't understand how complicated things would become if I were to renege, if I were to tell the truth. And I'll be honest, you're probably right. See, many times when we tell the truth, we have a lot to lose, at least for a season. See, that's what lies do, man. Lies they make everything worse. And I'm not going to tell you that telling the truth is easy because it's not. That would be lying to you, okay? But I will tell you that telling the truth is the only path to freedom. It's the only path to get out of that habit. It is the best way for you and for your life. Because when we choose to lie, for whatever reason, <laughs> reasons that might be, the root reason is we don't completely trust God. I mean, think about it. When we tell a lie or even when we exaggerate and we tell partial truths and we just do all this stuff that we do, right, we think in our minds, this lie that I'm about to do, it will keep me safe. Or if I lie, all right, this will actually work better than truth. If I lie, it will make me, it will make them like me better. If, it li if I lie, it will keep me out of trouble. See, we believe the lies, that our lies will help our situation, and it never does. That's not how sin works. That is a lie. That's how Satan lied at the beginning. That's how, that's how all this came to be. And so my challenge to you this week is I want you to sit down maybe by yourself and just dig down. Spend some time this week digging down in your own life and look for the ways that you lie. And try to be conscious about it. Wake up in the morning and go, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not lie today. Or I'm going to try my hardest not to lie today. And figure, and figure out what areas in my life that I, start, that, I, that I naturally just have the habit of lying in. And start removing that habit of lying from your life. 
And again, some people, the way to get past some previous lies in your life is you got to confess it to the people in your life. And so I encourage you to do it. See, as Christians, we are called to be the people, um, a people known for telling the truth. Right? At work, in all the areas of our life. We're supposed to be a people who are known for telling the truth. Where we, if we say we're going to do something, we do it. If, we're gonna, if we say we're going to show up at a certain time, we show up. You know, it is, we're supposed to be a people that tell the truth. And we're supposed to be a people known for telling the truth. And the simple way God, Jesus, boils it down for us is our yes should actually mean yes. And our no's should really mean no. Let's pray. God, we, um, we all struggle with this. I mean, we just don't understand how often we do and how much we struggle with this by. And by all of us, we, we exaggerate and tell partial truths and get out of a commitment, you know, just all these things that we do that technically, in your eyes, they're lies because your standards are so much higher than ours. And God, we ask that you would help us to get out of that habit, which is difficult. Oh, Lord, not only that, but we also ask, you know, from previous lies and things that we've told people, some of us I've really had an issue with that. And God, we ask that you would help us or at least give us the courage and the boldness to go and confess that to those people that we need to confess it to. And that's the hardest part, I think. God, lay it on our heart and don't let up. Give us the courage to do that. And God, we thank you for these words, even when they're hard. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.